Praise God, my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Ian and I are excited that once again we can share God's holy word with you. It's our pleasure, it's our delight. Praise God, by the grace of God, our series on premarital counseling is complete. And therefore we can concentrate on the baptism into the Holy Spirit once again. Furthermore, we're going to start another series, and that is, Is Drinking Alcohol Permissible for Born Again Christians? Uh, I have a dear friend at work, and uh, he's always concerned about my wife and myself, our health, our ministry. He's always asking how we are. And he asked me the other day, is it possible to perhaps do a series on, on alcohol and the, the folly of drunkenness. And he gave me several reasons why. And after listening to his reasons, I said, for, uh, I'll gladly do it. And I've learned one thing over the years, that sometimes God speaks by impressions upon our spirit, and sometimes God will speak through people. And I do believe it's more than possible that the Lord has spoken to this brother and that doing the teaching on whether uh, drunkenness and drinking is sin or not is of the Lord. So we look forward to giving you that teaching on is alcohol permissible for born-again Christians. Now this morning we're going to concentrate once again on the baptism into the Holy Spirit. We, we, we probably had not taught on this for about two months, but thank God it's now possible once again to teach on it. Teach on it. So without further ado, let's turn to Acts chapter 2, and we take our reading from verse 1 to 4. Trust you have your Bibles. Amen. Let's stand together. Show honor and respect to the word of God. But when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. May God add His blessing to the reading of His precious and holy word. Our intention in this video is to but whet your appetite. And I simply mean by that is to place a godly desire for you to fully comprehend what Pentecost is all about. Now, thank God for the speaking in tongues that Pentecost is associated with. But, let me assure you, there is more than just speaking in tongues. So much more. And by the grace of Almighty God, Calvary Apostolic Ministries wants to enlighten the church on the much more that Pentecost brings. So with that in mind, this is what we're going to endeavor to highlight as the Spirit of God leads us. I want to introduce 
what we will be in light, uh, highlighting in our preaching and teaching in the weeks that lie, uh, that lie ahead. First and foremost, we're going to concentrate on the seven Jewish feast days. Now, it's vital to understand the seven Jewish feast days in order to fully comprehend what Pentecost is all about. Uh, the seven feast days are important because they have a very important uh, relation to Pentecost. And the seven feast days are, number one, the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, the Feast of Pentecost, also known as the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, we're going to discover also that the feasts are also categorized into the seasons. And that being the spring feast, the summer feast, and the fall feast. We're going to just briefly touch on this as in the days that lie ahead. Then, number two, we also have to understand, as born-again Christians, that there is a distinction between the Old Testament Pentecost and the New Testament Pentecost. There, is, there are distinctions, and it's important for us as born-again Christian, spirit-filled, baptized, Pentecostal, uh, speaking-in-tongues Christians, that we fully understand these distinctions. I'm afraid if we don't understand these distinctions, then we somehow or the other will not miss the blessings, but we, we will fall short in, 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 in really understanding the full intent of the, of the baptism as such. Now... We will also study, very briefly, the seven dispensations of the Bible and to see how they relate to Pentecost. And these being innocence, conscience, government, promise, law, grace, and the kingdom. Very exciting time, no doubt. Then, we will study to see how all this relates to the New Testament Pentecost. I think one of the, the areas that, that, that we born-again Christians are, are unaware of, not all of us though, but many of us, uh, uh, we're unaware of how that the triune Godhead uh, 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 relates to, 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 to Pentecost uh, um, in the sense that when you study Pentecost, you discover it's the it, it's it's the dispensation, not only of the church. It is the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, and you you will find that when you study the Word of God, that the Old Testament uh, emphasizes the Father, whereas the Gospels emphasize the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and it is the Acts of the Apostles that emphasize the Spirit of God. So there's even a dispensation uh, of the revelation of the triune Godhead as such. Rather interesting, that one. And um, we will look at that very briefly, though. So the, the Spirit of God is prominent in the Acts of the Apostles. Furthermore, we will also consider 
how the Bible numerology relates to Pentecost. Numbers are important in the Bible, and you'll find that Pentecost, the number for Pentecost is 50, and we need to find out what does the number 50 represent as such. Then there were also 120 uh, saints of God in the upper room. And we're going to study what, this, what these numbers mean as such to Pentecost. We will also consider the teaching that the baptism into the Holy Spirit was only for the Jews. This is a false teaching. There are those that vehemently teach that um, the baptism into the Spirit is not for today because initially it was only poured out upon Jewish people and therefore it's not for the Gentiles as such. So we have to deal with that and explain that false teaching away. We will also study the symbols of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are those that teach there are five symbols of the Holy Spirit. There are those that teach that there are seven. But I, 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 I am more in agreement with Maya Perlman. He states there are seven and he's given enough scripture to prove it. And um, the ten symbols are fire, wind, water, seal, light, oil, dove, wine, rivers and rain. However, when we consider all these symbols and we relate it to the day of Pentecost, only two are found there, and that being fire and wind. And we need to see how that, uh, uh, we need to see the importance of this as such. Then last but not least, we're also going to consider whether or not there's any connection to the confusion of languages at the Tower of Babel, uh, recorded in Genesis 11, to that of the outpouring of the Spirit with the speaking in other tongues. So there are exciting times ahead. I trust that you will consider all these, what we will be teaching on. Pray about it. Pray for me and Ian. Speak to your friends and your family and your church people and stir them up that they might also make themselves available to listen to this teaching. So God bless you. God keep you. Have a good day, and we look forward to seeing you next week as we begin the teaching on Pentecost. God bless, and have a good day. Amen.